0: Amen. Well, we are so excited. Uh praise the Lord to be with you. Um I want you uh, and hopefully you got your Bibles with you, but I want you to turn with me <laughs> and uh we're going to pick up here on something that we began to share with here several weeks ago about following the leader, following the leader. And uh if you've been uh, with us online for our pre-recorded broadcasts, uh you know some of the scriptures that uh, we've been covering, but I want you to uh, look with me here in Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah 29, and if you haven't been with us, we're going to look at just a couple of these and uh, spring forward from there, but in Jeremiah 29, uh, the scripture says there, and we read uh, verses 10 through 14, uh, but we're going to look particularly uh, at verse 11 today, uh, for time's sake, and this is, of course, when uh, Jeremiah was talking about the children of Israel going into Babylonian captivity in in about uh, 720 B.C., all right? And the Lord had told them, foretold them, that they were going to go into captivity for uh, some 70 years, and then they were going to return, all right? Now, it says in verse 11, and we learn a lot of different things from this, but in verse 11, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all your heart. Now, for time's sake, reading those three verses, you notice several important keys there as far as finding the will of God, knowing. Uh, what he has in store for us, and how to go about doing it. And that's very important because when you see the last part of that, that they were going to call upon the Lord, pray to him, and he would listen and seek for him. And when we seek for God, we're going to find God. Amen. Mm -hmm. And he qualifies that even further when he says when you search for me with all your heart. That's one of the keys to everything in our Christian life in walking in the blessings of God is if we need answers for something, we know the one who knows all the answers. Mm-hmm. And So many times we as believers, we can put the Lord down the list. We can seek natural counsel. That's good, especially if it's spirit inspired, spirit led. But also uh, we can look in the natural Uh, We can look at different things and try to size them up based on our past experiences, which past experiences can be good if they fall into a biblically uh, prescribed order and they're in line with the gospel. Mm -hmm. But then somewhere down the list, the Lord is there. And kind of reminds me of that woman with the issue of blood, in Mark 5, to where we spent all of her living, went to the best physicians of the day, But then she heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus. She came immediately because she heard that he was working miracles, that he was doing things for humanity. And she wanted to get where he was at. So if we get to where he's at, you say, where's the Lord at? He's in our hearts, but he's in that secret place in our hearts. And we start searching for him and seeking for him. Guess what's going to happen? He's going to show up because we're going to find him. The Lord Jesus said there, and we look at this scripture from time to time in Matthew chapter seven, but the scripture tells us that ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receive it. He that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, the door is opened, right? Mm-hmm. And that's always good to remember when we're in some type of dilemma in our life that God's on our side. Yes. He wants to help us. Yeah. Our father loves us and he cares about us. Mm -hmm. He cares to the nth degree about our lives. And even when sometimes we don't feel like we care about our lives and by using the word care, as we ministered on last week, we're not to be careful for nothing. But to care, there's a healthy care and concern that we have for pleasing the Lord. right? Mm, Right. And to please the Lord is to able for Mm -hmm. him to be able to have his way his plan and his purposes fulfilled to the degree Mm -hmm. that's for healing to be resident in our physical bodies because jesus paid the price for healing amen Mm -hmm. and that glorifies the lord Mm -hmm. and as it says there in john 15 when he said as far as abiding in the vine if you abide in me and my words abide in you you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto me unto you by this my father's glorified that you bear much fruit and that your fruit remain, here, but therein you'll be known as my disciples. So this glorifies God when we bear much fruit. And the, what is the fruit? Answered prayer. What is the answered prayer that all of us always need to know about is the, the plans of God, the direction of God, the will of God in our individual lives. Because there's nothing like being in the sweet spot of God's will for our life. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're in his will, generally speaking, because we're Christians, right? It's his will. The Bible says he's not willing that any perish, but all come under repentance, says there in 2 Peter. So it's God's will that all humanity be saved. And he wants everybody to be in the family. He wants everybody to be blood washed. Now it's all laid up for us, And as I was mentioning to someone the other day, they were talking about the sovereignty of God. And yes, God God is sovereign, but God has limited his sovereignty. He's limited his sovereignty in that he can't just do whatever he wants to do. And the case in point for that is simply that God can't violate his word. Right. So that's something God can't do. He cannot violate his written word because his written word is forever settled. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. We settle it in our heart. Jesus said, uh, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words won't pass away. So it's important for us to realize that God has limited his sovereignty. So God just can't do anything he wants to do. It's going to have to be in line with his word. Well, what glorifies the Lord is that we walk in his will for our lives. That's healing. That's prosperity. That's having every need met. That's being in peace, walking in peace, the comfort of the Holy Ghost in our lives each and every day. And that's a wonderful thing uh, to have in our lives ongoingly. God wants us his will is to seek him. Seek him not just because we have a need in the natural, but seek him because we love him. Seek him because no matter what's going on in our life, good or bad, no matter how blessed we may be, that we want to seek him because we love him, because we want to honor him. And when we, Jesus said, if you honor my father, if you honor me, my father will honor you right, and uh, seeking him. We read this here recently in one of our services about going to our prayer closet in Matthew chapter 6, and when we go in, shut the door, and when we go in and search for the Lord, seek for him, that he's going to show up, and the Bible tells us he's going to reward us openly, but again, how does he reward us? By seeking him, and how do we do it? By the spirit of faith, Right. It's impossible to please him for he that cometh unto God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So strong faith seeks God no matter what it may look at in the natural how things are sizing up. Seeking God is a steadfast condition and position of our heart that we need to have every day. Seeking the Lord, putting him first in all of our life in everything that we do acknowledging him as it says there in proverbs chapter three verse five it says trust in the lord with all your heart lean not under our own understanding acknowledge him in all our ways and he'll direct our paths so when we acknowledge him in all of our ways he's going to direct our paths hallelujah so just like with the children of israel that god was going to give them an expected end God wants to do the same. And he's not talking about just ending up in heaven one day because we're his child. He's talking about an expected end here on earth to run our race. First Corinthians chapter nine, Paul said, he said, he talked about running his race and running it in such a way that to as so as to receive the prize. Mm -hmm. What is the prize? The fulfillment of God's will and his plan for our lives. I remember I rem- reminded of the scripture there in Colossians and chapter four, where Paul was talking to Archippus, and he said, "Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it." So we have to be paying attention to uh, staying on point, on task, and you hear me say this repeatedly because we have to hear it repeatedly because you never know. It may be the twentieth time, the hundredth time that it really sinks in in such a way that it becomes fresh revelation to us. And when it is fresh revelation to us, then it's going to work for us to its utmost extent, okay? Amen. So um, with that being said, Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 14, it's something good to remember. Now, in following the leader, and as we started this whole series, we were looking at how and you can go back and catch up there if you haven't caught all the different segments that we've done, but following the leader, people are are, are following something. Uh, everybody follows something or something. Some people follow the sales, right? <laughs> they follow uh, what, uh, what they hear. Did you hear this is on sale? Uh, go to such and such store this week, uh, certain things are on sale. Well, in the merchandising business, they call it a lost leader because, yes, the uh, merchandiser or the store wants us to go in and purchase something, but they also have a further intent in mind. And that intent is we're not just going to buy that lost leader, we're going to buy something else because more oftentimes than not, they lose money on whatever it is they're selling at a bargain price. But what they're hopeful of is that you're going to not just buy what's on sale, but you're going to buy a whole bunch of other stuff that's going to more than compensate for you being in the store at that particular time. Mm -hmm. Well, the Lord doesn't lead us in dead-end roads. He does not lead us in uh, paths that are unrighteous. Even though the paths may look crooked, we may not be able to see very far down in front of us, yet we know with God's expected end that he's not trying to sell us something. He's trying to get us to understand the significance of following him and what it's going to do to enhance our lives. Mm. And yes, it's much deeper than just life enhancement. Sometimes we hear a lot of messages on how to be a better you, how to be this, how to be that. Well, the Lord's most important to him is that we love him for who he is. Even if he never did give us one other blessing, he never healed us, he never financially blessed us, he never did some of these other things that are great and wonderful in their place, that we'd love him just because of him and who he is. Yeah. Because that is what we're going to do throughout all eternity. We're going to be worshiping and praising God and, and loving on him. Hallelujah. But in the here and now well, we got work to do. We've got an assignment and, and then in that expected end is the pipeline of If fulfilling the spiritual race in our walk with God, ministering to others, doing the works of Jesus, teaching, preaching, and healing. And every one of us has that, in general terms, that assignment. And when we're on point and we stay on point, Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to drift away from the real important things in life, then we we stay in that place of fullness of joy, and even through tests, trials, tribulations. Uh, which sometimes faith people don't want to hear about. They just want to hear about the next new car they get or about this or that. And thank God for that. But the joy and the peace that we have in our life is the fullness of when Jesus one day looks us at us in the face and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Mm. Amen. Mm. And praise God, running our race to the full extent is the most important thing. Okay, so the big question, everybody follows the leader, you know, and I'm not just talking about a lost leader, but somebody, we all follow something. But what leads us and what guides us is most importantly. We have to check up on our leadings. We have to know what is leading us. And uh, this kind of dovetails with some of the things we've been sharing on Tuesday night about being led by the spirit of God. And that's one thing, although we all miss it, uh, we go through life and the journey thereof with the help of the Lord. But, uh, sometimes the things that we don't know become the great nemesis to us, especially earlier on in our walk with God, because we don't know today, uh, we don't know back then what we know today. Many times we look back through the years and we can see, well, and, uh, be in hindsight 2020 that, uh, we could have done things differently. Uh, and, oops, that wasn't God at all. Uh, I didn't follow that out like I should have. And uh, believe me, I've got enough life experience myself, personally, we do, uh, over the uh, almost 40 years of, of of walking with God now, and uh, being in the ministry a great, great number of years, that uh, uh, I'm interested in Knowing, learning from my mistakes, learning from my past, so that I don't re- repeat them. And I think every one of you out there today and listening uh, later on would 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 wholeheartedly agree with that, right? But but the greatest thing, and I like what uh, Brother Keith Moore said one time years ago. I heard him say, "Well, the answer to a million and one questions is be led," and boy, that opens up a can of worms. Well, be led, but It has to be qualified. How do we be led? What ways does God bona bonafidely lead us and guide us? Because you've heard me say before, and it bears repetition, that when we're being led by God, remember, God can tell us what to do, but the devil will forever try to tell us how to do it or how to do it, when to do it, do this and do that. He'll try to put the cherry on the top, so to speak, which can get us uh, eventually off course and things. It's not something that we should be afraid of, but we need to be aware of and we need to be a constant student of learning uh, and growing and developing. And, uh, you know, when we miss it, the first thing is whenever I've missed it is I own it. I own it. So, you know what? I missed it. And it doesn't bother me. By the way, it doesn't tell me it doesn't bother me one iota to tell somebody I missed it. Because, well, you got to protect an image. I don't have any, any image to protect other than I'm going to, with all my heart, protect the image of God. Yeah. And anything that was catastrophic, anything that happened in my life that didn't go so well, that would be under the category of something stealing, killing, or destroying, didn't come from heaven. It came from the devil, from the thief, specifically. And so I'm going to protect the image of God as, as much as possible. Uh, you know, I could care less about my image, per se, generally speaking, in that regard, because we've all missed it. We're all human. So when we think about these things, the faster because the way out. Is when we repent, when we we say, you know what, I missed it, and uh, sometimes people feel, well, I won't tell anybody I missed it. Well, most of the time people know you missed it anyway, you know, and it's not uh you know, we're not trying to hide something, but it is being transparent about things. Mm-hmm. Because when you follow a leader, one thing about following a leader, following a minister, whoever it is, when people miss it, I always, it's not that the miss—it that's not the, 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 the main problem or issue that arises. But when you have young people and a person repeatedly, and I can use this, for example, about false prophecies. That's why the Bible tells us to judge prophecy. And uh, you know that uh, uh, in 1 Thessalonians, no doubt the church at Thessalonica, when Paul said that in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, he was talking about, you know, despise, not prophesying. Well, why did they despise it? Well, the same reason many people despise prophecy today is because they've heard so many words, quote unquote words, uh, that they got worded out. And they didn't, they just like, I don't want to hear anymore about what God said, right? And no doubt, even the last, uh, you know, and we always want to believe the best about things. I'm sure not believing for the worst, and I'm sure none of you are. But even in this last year, there's been a plethora of people prophesying certain things and putting a time frame on it. Well, you know, most of the, you know, most of the people, uh, unfortunately, you know, the, the, the The high majority, they you have to take it with a grain of salt. But here's the deal is when when a person, a minister, I'm talking about particularly a minister, because predominantly they're they're on YouTube. uh, They have to be careful that when they do miss it, they come back and make sure people say, you know what, I missed it. Because, again, we don't have an image to protect. We shouldn't have. Now, yes, we want to live with integrity and things like that. But we sure don't want to be following people that, because if you follow somebody blindly and they get you off in a ditch, then it can ruin your life. And I've seen that so many times in so many ways. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we've learned over the years in pastoring is we don't hear God for people, but I'll tell you what, we will tell people honestly, if they ask us, many times we don't even say anything, we'll tell them, you know, the, you know, no, you know, we, yeah, you know, that's seen, that's right. That, you, you know, follow the Lord in that, pray that out further. But other people, they don't even ask. And many times we don't even tell them. And then unfortunately, you see the shipwreck. See, pastors, that's part of their responsibility is to feed and look after the sheep. So they don't, you know, and they, they act as a good sounding board. Because I don't want to see anybody miss God. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see anybody get off, get off into some tangent or something like that. I've seen it through the years, mm-hmm. and it brings no God, no joy, and it doesn't bring us joy to, for any of that to happen, right. and I remember something. I'll tell you this briefly, and then we're going to look at the book of Isaiah. I remember Dad Hagen saying something that uh, when he went out on field ministry, and it struck in me something, because a lot of times, I mean, we all want a personal word, right, uh, but many times you're going to find your personal word right in through the holy scriptures, the written word. God's going to speak to us through that, Many times, but when it gets to personal words and getting in a habit of needing those all the time, that's a dangerous, dangerous ground to get into. But back to the story I was going to tell you. I remember Dad Hagen when he uh, went out uh, when he was traveling and uh, in the churches and uh, he was out in field ministry, too. Uh, But. He had. He said after many years on the road, he said he said. Every place he went, practically, he said, if you added them up, probably several hundred words. People would stand up, give a prophetic word to him in the meetings. And you know what he said? After, this is after years and after a hundred of them. He said there was probably only two that were right. Two that were right in all those hundreds of years. Now, or hundreds of, not, <laughs> not years, but hundreds of prophecies. Now, should we be afraid? No, absolutely not. But too much stake is put on that. Just like I'm no doubt there in the church in Thessalonica, they had so many words that uh that they uh they just they got off and, and they were worded out uh because there were so many false ones. So we need to learn from that and understand and dad Dad Hagan uh had a track record, some 67 years in the ministry. Uh he knew what he was talking about the lord jesus when he appeared to him one one of the open visions he had of him for an hour and a half he talked to him for an hour and a half about being led by the spirit of god mm-hmm. about being led that's why it's so important he said i he said the w- number one way is by the inward witness yeah. it's not going to be by uh, some prophetic word now they can bring confirmation mm-hmm. but they don't do the initial leadings for us okay so we could we could talk much about that But one of the things, I'll never forget this either. He said, when Jesus appeared to him, he said, if you will learn to follow that inward witness, he said, I'll make you rich. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm not opposed to my children being rich. I'm opposed to them being covetous. And a person can be covetous without having one cry and die. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so important for we as believers being generous people. Generosity. As a matter of fact, another thought may come Dad Hagen was uh, asked one time by a person I know, a minister friend of mine, uh, the, It's a pastor right now. He said, "Dad, he says if you were looking for a leader, what would you look for in a leader if you were going to have make somebody or look for somebody being a leader?" And, you know, many times people, well, if they don't smoke or they don't do this or they don't do that. He said, he didn't even bring that up. He said, "I would find the most generous person around." And I'd make them a leader. See, generosity is something that starts in the heart mm-hmm. about being a generous person. And that that's exactly who our father is. For God so loved the world, our father, that he gave. And, and that's and, and giving is a, a myriad of things. And it's not, it's it's not the amount. It's like, you know, if I give such and such, that, no, it's the heart behind the amount. Yeah. We always have to remember that. But be that as it may, we have to remember that as we're following the leader, what is leading us? What is guiding us? Because we can not only help ourselves, but we can help people. Mm-hmm. All right? And that's, that's the most important thing. Now, look at Isaiah with me. Look, turn to the book of Isaiah and look at chapter 48. Now, again, if somebody's got a true prophetic word, I'm all in. I'm all in. Uh, but if they're just prophesying, you know, stuff, and it doesn't, if I don't get a witness about it, I'll put it on the shelf at least and wait till later. Huh? Or if it doesn't come to pass. Or you know, it doesn't come to pass, yeah, that, you know, this is uh, this is something too, and we could, that's not our study today, but it, it, it does, you know, come to pass. Uh, it needs to come to pass. But look at Isaiah 48, and probably a very familiar verse of scripture here, and this will... Uh, further substantiate what we're talking about here. Look what it says here. And uh, let's start in verse 15. Let's look at verse 15. It says, I, even I have spoken, yea, I have called him, I have brought him, and he shall make his way prosperous. All right? That's good news. And, And In other words, you know, prosperity following God is just something that automatically shows up. It's not a dead-end road. And prosperity is not just finances. It starts spiritually. Spiritual prosperity is seeking God. Spiritually, uh, first, putting first things first. Because all the other, it's like the first domino that needs to drop. There's a chain reaction automatically. You've heard about the domino effect. Well, the first one is seeking God, even as we read there in Jeremiah 29. But he goes on to say, prosperity is spirit, soul, and body, right? He said, verse 16, come ye near unto me, hear ye this. Have I not spoken in secret from the beginning? Have I not spoken from the beginning? From the time that it was, there am I. And now the Lord God and his spirit hath sent me. Okay? Now, verse 17, thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, Praise God. Isn't he our Redeemer? Now, we know this is Old Testament, but the truth, the precept, translates over into the New Testament. Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to, prosper, to profit. Which teacheth thee to profit. The first thing he says. That's quite interesting, isn't it? The first thing out of the starting blocks, God says that he is our teacher. He wants to teach us something. He wants to help us in every area of life. And that's why following the Lord, and you can't size things up by number one, by what happened to somebody else. You can't size up, well, you know, they're a Christian and God helped them. I'm a Christian. God's going to help me. Well, it's deeper than that. That's a good starting place. But it's deeper than that. The Lord is our teacher. He's our ultimate teacher. We have teachers in the natural. We teach the word of God. Other ministers, many other people teach the word of God. But yet the Holy Ghost is the great teacher slash revealer Mm -hmm. or revealer slash teacher. He is the one that Jesus said, he'll take the things of mine and show them unto you. Now, in the natural, we can see things, right? In the natural, we can see natural things. But it takes the fresh breath of the Holy Ghost to illuminate things to us by fresh revelation so that it's a reality in our own lives, so that we see that, we know that, like we know that our right arm. Is really our right arm. And the Lord teaches, as he says there, I am the Lord thy God. I am the Lord thy God. Well, what is one of the names that the Lord is called in the Old Testament? El Shaddai, right? We have songs about that. Uh, David Ingalls has a wonderful song about that. You are El Shaddai, the God of plenty. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. Glory to God. And that's for every area of our life. Now, and that's exactly who he was revealed as such to our father in the faith, Abraham. Remember, he said, I'm almighty God. Walk before me. Walk before me. And we see that that transcends all the way for us in and through the New Testament. But he says, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. That you, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. So he's got a shouldest way for us. He's got a shouldest way. Right? (laughs) Think about it that way. In other words, he's got a bona fide way. He knows the expected end that he's got laid up for us. And so when we look at these things, we realize the significance of how significant it really is to get in God's direction on things. And the Lord being the leader, not just as a figurehead. Yeah, the Lord's my leader. You've all heard about figureheads in different areas. You know, well, they're just a figurehead, you know, like. We know, and I get into all this now, we know know different leaders through history, uh, different people. Uh, You know, we have right now uh, in the White House, we have a figurehead, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, uh, whether we like it or not, there's other people that are pulling the puppet strings and and doing things, right? And we should, even though that's going on in the natural, we should pray for our leaders, Mm -hmm. And we are doing that, amen? amen. So, but a figurehead is just someone just in name only, mm-hmm. right? Yep, in name only. But in reality, it's not that way. You know, it's uh, it's like uh, you know, how many of you have seen that that uh, bumper sticker or or magnet? I maybe they have a magnet, but uh, it uh, it says something like this: It says, "If God's your co-pilot, move over." If God's your co pilot, move over. Have you heard about that before or seen that? Uh, We see that and hear that time to time. But how true it is, how true it is, because God is not the one who's trying to help us from a background scene situation to where he's just could care less Mm -hmm. if he wants, if he's given us input or not. I want the Lord's input on everything, especially important things. I don't want to just take it for granted. I'm a Christian, and you know God's gonna. It's gonna all work out because of this again, back to the sovereignty of God. You no, you want Jesus to take the wheel. Yeah, Carrie. What was her last name? Or what Underwood. is it? Underwood. Carrie Underwood. Yes, you know not I Not be the I guess, backseat driver. Not be the backseat driver. So uh, Jesus, take the wheel. So we want him to be the leader but we have to intentionally not just in a figurehead type of way we have to allow him to take the wheel to have that first place to be the pilot by leaning into him Mm -hmm. and that is something proactively that we out of the decision of our heart we do and it's not something especially when we're making decisions big decisions where we just well i got five minutes here i'm going to just lean into him and However, I feel after five minutes, that's the way it's going to be. Well, no, I remember, again, another story. And these are all uh, worth hearing uh, that uh, Brother Hagin, when he was a young minister, he, he talked about this man who owned a good part of the city, uh, this, this small town. It wasn't like the city of Los Angeles or Chicago or New York. I mean, it was a small town in Texas. And uh, he came to Brother Hagan and he told him, he says, you know, he said, uh, he said, as a Christian, he says, I've in all of my investments through the years, I've never lost a dime. I've never lost a dime. Well, I think that beats about anybody I've ever heard before. And he says, well, what do you do? How would you do? And he said, well, he says, I got a prayer closet and I go into there and people will come with me because he was a businessman. And they uh, started out small and et cetera. But he bought property, sold property, did it, did a lot of different things. He said, somebody will come to me and they'll say, uh, I-, I got this deal. And uh, he start they'd start talking. And he said, my head would say one thing and my heart would say another. But just to make sure. He said, I'd go, I'd say, well, I'll pray about it. Give me some time. And when when I'm clear about it, I'll come and tell you. He said, I go into my prayer closet. And he had a nice prayer closet. He has it just for him and the Lord. And he'd get in there and he'd pray and he'd get before the Lord. And say, Lord, you know, what about this? And he'd get in there. And sometimes he didn't know as clearly as he wanted to know. And he knew that he could know. But he would get clear in his heart. Not in his head. Mm -hmm. Because you can get clear in your head through reason. And he'd go in there. And he'd come out, and he'd say, okay, well, I'm going to do this, or I'm not going to do this. But his head, most of the time, was totally opposite to what his heart was telling him. That's why the Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. How do you do that? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. But how do you do that? How do you get in touch with your heart? Praying much in the Holy Ghost. Praying much in the Holy Ghost. And so these things worked out in his life, and through the years, he'd, he'd follow the Lord in that, and he just, had, all he had was a witness, never heard, a had a prophecy, never had a vision, never heard a voice, so sometimes people get hung up on the significance of, well, if I see some, if I heard, if I had a, if I had a dream, if I had a this or had a that, you may get one of those, you may not, probably not, most of the time you won't, But you will get that witness. You will get that witness. And so as he says here, which teacheth thee to profit, Isaiah 48, 17, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go, not the way we want to go or our flesh wants to go, but the way you should go. Now, that's the ways of the Spirit. That's why, as it says in another place in the book of Isaiah, it says, you know, talking about My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. But as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, you remember that scripture? And returns not thither. All right. I think that's about Isaiah, what, 50, what? I could look it up here. Yeah, Isaiah 55. It just slide over there, as a matter of fact. This is is good. This is so good. I mean, this is so rich. And this is... Old Testament still applies to us today, but now we got a surefire way of being led by the Holy Ghost. We got the written word of God, but then we get that tailor-made guidance that comes by waiting on God, by getting before him. Notice here, and then we're going to come back and finish up here before we run out of time today. Oh, look at here. Oh, you're going to like this. Verse 6, Isaiah 55. It says, Seek ye the Lord, While he may be found, call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and He will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for He will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Now the same verse, verse eight, is brought over into First Corinthians eight, where Paul. Quotes that, and then he goes on, but we have them by his spirit now. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So in the Old Testament, they didn't have the spirit of God on the inside of them. They were spiritually unregenerate right at that point. But in the New Testament, we've been privileged to come into the family of God and be partakers of the born again experience. And now the life and the nature of God's on the inside of us. And so by waiting on God, praying much in the Holy Ghost, getting feed. And filled up on the word of God, that we can so sensitize our our spirits that that witness gets stronger and stronger. That you walk in this more and more on a daily basis, right? And so, as you read there, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, that's in the natural. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord, that's in the natural. Then he goes on in verse 9 and says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be. Glory to God. So shall my word be. that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. Now, doesn't that sound a lot like what we read there in Isaiah 48? Glory to God. It'll prosper. The word of the Lord will prosper in our individual lives. When we put this into practice, it will prosper. Spirit, soul, and body. Amen and notice what he goes on to say for you shall go out with joy you shall be led forth with peace we've talked about peace being led by peace right Mm -hmm. the mountains shall and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree that's better than right the fir tree than the thorn and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree and it shall be to the lord for a name for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Well, you see right here, he starts off verse 6 of Isaiah 55, talking about seeking the Lord. Mm-hmm. Seeking the Lord. We just read that in uh, Jeremiah 29. That See, this is a personalized thing. This is personalized for every single one of us. It's not just for a few to hear from God. It's not just for somebody else to hear for God hear from God for us I don't know about you but I want to hear from God for myself I don't want to hear I thank God that that I can hear God through other people through other situations where the spirit of God speaks to me through his word thank God for that amen but I want to know that I heard from heaven because Mm -hmm. he's my father and I'll tell you something if I'm walking with him and seeking him He's not going to bypass me and talk to somebody else about my life. He's going to talk to me about it first. Mm -hmm. That is, if I'm in fellowship with him and seeking him. Amen. Now, notice what it says there. He said, so shall my word be, verse 11. Well, that's his written word. He's magnified. Psalm 138.2 says he's magnified his word above all his name. Right. So his word's not going to change. We already talked about that earlier. Uh, so his word's not going to change, but there's a, there is the logos of God's word, the written word, and then the rhema, the spoken word. And that spoken word makes itself known to us in everything that would be take up the form of that witness. It becomes so clear to us that that witness is like the voice of God speaking to us the clarity the peace that we're led by we're supposed to be led by peace right hebrews chapter 12 tells us that so the end result is he said it's going to accomplish which i please and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto i send it so it's not hard to be prosperous it's not hard to do that many times people are struggling uh uh in one thing or another, because they're just not taking the time to wait on God to get clear about things, and then moving forward. Because that's when when peace exceeds the need, then you proceed. So whatever it is, it it could be you may know something automatically, uh, seemingly, about what to do in a situation. But other times, it may take days or weeks even to get super clear about it. And the bigger decision, the more clarity you want to have about doing it. Amen. But the end result, glory to God, is that he's going to prosper. And that's spiritually. And that that's where, when you hear from heaven, that is prosperity. In whatever degree. If, if you know what to do, when to do it, how to do it, it's like the manifestations of the gifts. Which is the best gift? Well, the ones that's needed for the moment, right? But, glory to God. What is the best, what is the best one to have if you only had one manifestation? It'd be the word of wisdom because that's foresight into the future and how to do something about the future, knowledge about the future and how to get there with God's help. And so if you had that one thing, you know how to do everything that you need to know. That's why wisdom, the Bible says is profitable to direct. It's profitable to direct amen glory to god so god wants to help us in every way and i say that as an encouragement because as we press into god i'll tell you what the leading the guiding the witness all of those things that come into to play into our life it gets more and more real because it gets so sweet because it's based on fellowship with the lord it's based on just the peace of god And you don't even have to, you know, going through life, you don't have to say, oh, well, the Lord said this. The Lord said, well, sometimes he says that, but just going through just, yeah, yeah, you know, just, yeah, that just seems right. And we know Luke's Luke's gospel was written to Theophilus because it just seemed good. The first church council that they had in Acts 15, it was, it just seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. So they had the what? The co-witnessing. They had the agreement. They had the insight because it was supernatural. Not spectacular, but it was supernatural. So when you follow him, no matter what it is today, that that, that it is in an area of life, how to do something. Because I don't know about you, but I, I the, every day I come across things that I'm not quite sure about how to do it. First thing on the agenda is, Lord, how do I do that? Because if we don't ask for the Lord's help, even though he's standing right next to us, he wants to help us. But we need to press into him. And part of the pressing in process is not only getting in that place of prayer and in fellowship, but also, too, is to hear from him. That's such a blessing to all of us. Glory to God. So the Lord, no matter what you're going through right now, no matter what may have transpired, or is currently transpiring, glory to God, there's a way out. There's help from heaven. Hallelujah. There is a way for the Lord to help you to answer any type of dilemma, any type of question, and it's just a matter of us. we got so many busy things in life, but it's so important. Lord, I'm reaching out to you, and I really want to hear from you. I really want to know. And the Lord knows that. He knows that. And if we really want to know, God really wants to tell us because he's already predisposed to want to tell us that. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's so exciting because when we talk about the best being yet ahead. It is like it says there in Proverbs 4: the path of the just. is as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. How does it shine more and more? Because we're walking closer with the Lord. We get more light about who he is, his great love for us, about how he wants to help us. And the end result is when we're walking with the Lord, he wants us to be able to help other people. Mm -hmm. He wants us to lift up the name of Jesus. He wants us to win souls into his kingdom. And that's prosperity. That is prosperity. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm going to stop right there today. But let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's thank him today for helping us to be able to always gravitate towards him with a greater knowledge and understanding. Because I'm hungry to know more. I'm hungry to learn more, to be able to trace the leadings of the Spirit of God, and, and even into the minute degree in life. And I'll tell you something here before we pray. When I pause, when I've got something that I'm faced with, even a small thing, you know, first thing I do, I got a problem. Something's not working right. I'm trying to fix something. I'll just use that as a natural thing. Because it seems like I've come across different things in the last few months. Different things. They need repair. They need this. They need something figured out. You know what I do first? I stop. Say, Lord, how do I do this? I'm just quiet on the inside. I'm reaching out. How do I do that, Lord? Instead of getting frustrated, flustered, you know, just a bigger hammer. You know, the old bigger hammer thing is just, you know, if it doesn't work with a small hammer, it's going to work with a bigger one. Well, when you force things, that's when you get into problems. That's when you get into trouble. And you just have to be patient about things. You have to let things develop. You hear me say that repeatedly, but it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. And as as pastors, that's what we want to see everybody just on the highlight of life, teaching and developing. Every person in the congregation is going to let us how to flow in that higher way to do it. Not because we've arrived, but we do know a few things being down the road. I can tell you that. The Amen. To glory to glory to Amen. Amen. So, Father, we do reach out Amen. to you right now. We love you. We're so thankful. We're so grateful. Lord, we know that we're so thankful that we know certain things. But, Lord, we also know that we don't know like we're going to know especially because we reach out to you today. And Father, I pray for every person today that in the name of Jesus, that Father God, there'd be a fresh spark, a fresh quickening, a fresh help to every person to know, because Lord, even as your word says, you give wisdom that's profitable to direct. You don't want us ever going down dead end roads. You don't want want us following things That would be fanciful to the flesh momentarily, but end up in anything but the best that you have for us. We don't want to settle for second or third or fourth best. We don't want to settle with a mentality of just getting by with whatever. Lord, help us to catch ourselves that we don't just have a whatever mentality. We don't ever slip into a, well, the Lord will just hopefully work it out, maybe. We don't want that, Lord. We want to hear from you. And Lord, as we pray this morning, all of us, Father God, we open up our hearts to help us, to give us fresh illumination, to be at peace with you, not a troubled spirit. Be careful for nothing, not being careful, but encouraged, being enlightened by the Holy Spirit more and more father as we rest in that then we'll be encouraged in that And lord as you want to make things in a greater awareness known to us we'll rejoice in that too with a greater depth of understanding if it is by the still small voice or a more prominent voice of the holy ghost you'll help us lord god every step of the way that's our prayer today father god as you help us You lead us, you guide us individually, but corporately as a church family to help us move forward in full assurance of faith, nothing doubting, nothing doubting, because we don't have any reason to doubt when we got clarity in our spirits, and we hold on to that in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for that encouragement coming to every person today that, Lord, you can turn things around. You can turn things around. Because when you get involved, Father God, even if we've made a wrong turn, even if we've done a wrong thing, then we can get right back on the beaten path, right in the highway, in the middle of the stream, so to speak, and be in the fullness of that place of being able to follow you, unhindered and unstoppable. No devil can stop us. No devil can. No person can. Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah.
1: Amen. Amen.